This is the only podcast that gives you a 20-minute guarantee. Give us 20 minutes of your life, and if you're not completely satisfied, you'll, you'll get, get your, your minutes, minutes back. back. No, no questions, questions asked. asked. It's a Minor Detail Podcast. All right. Thanks, Jess. Welcome, everybody. It is a Minor Detail Podcast. It is Thursday, March 11th. I have my youngest standing over here, and I think she wanted to say thanks, Jess. That's her favorite part of the podcast. But I snuck it in there. Yes, it is March 11th, but it is Sweet Abby's birthday today. Our youngest uh, turns 11 today, and she will make her podcast debut coming up here in just a few minutes. We've got a lot to talk about today. There is just continued stuff going on with the Royals. We're going to give you the very latest on that. We've got more Andrew Cuomo news. Man, I thought my life turned upside down on October 13th. But man, Andrew Cuomo, who, by the way, still has a job. I do not. I don't understand that, but who knows? We'll talk about the latest on him. Soon, every female in the entire state of New York will be an accuser. He's almost to that point now. All right, we're going to talk about some anniversaries today. Today is a very special anniversary. If you were born uh, in the 70s, all right, let's just say if you were born in the 70s, even if you were born in the the mid-60s, there is something that you probably owned sometime in your life. And today is the anniversary that that thing was invented and was first sold. And we're going to talk about that today on the podcast. We've got some music history. We've got some birthdays to talk about. A lot to cover today here on the podcast. All right, so after leaving his job, Piers Morgan, you thought, eh, maybe he'll backtrack. He probably needs the job. Surely he wouldn't double down. Well, he doubled down on Twitter. I would read it to you, but instead I'm going to let the smartest man in the world read it to you. This is what Tucker Carlson said last night on his show. But there's another way to handle those attacks, and it comes from our friend Piers Morgan, whom we told you last night just left his job on a British morning show after failing to be sufficiently impressed by that whiny duchess from L.A. complaining about how hard her life is. Now, Piers Morgan knew what the script was supposed to be. Oh, you poor oppressed duchess. But he refused to read it. So now he's unemployed. Today, Piers Morgan issued this statement, quote, On Monday, I said I didn't believe Meghan Markle in her Oprah interview. I've had time to reflect on this opinion, and I still don't. If you did, okay. Freedom of speech is a hill I'm happy to die on. Thanks for all the love and hate. I'm off to spend more time with my opinions. I can't even imagine what's going to happen in the story next. And now we're finding out that Harry, who had to sit there and listen to his wife spew out that drivel to the pride of Kosciuszko, Mississippi the other night. Now we're finding out that he is just devastated by it all. He really didn't want his wife to be saying the things that, uh, that she said. He may be actually thinking, hmm, was this a good choice uh, of a wife? I wonder about that. There's more cancel culture news, though, and i got to bring this up because I am really, really disappointed in somebody. All right, so that's the great band Mumford & Sons, one of my favorite bands ever to record. A great song, Little Lion Man. Well, one of their members, he's fantastic. His name is Winston Marshall. He is the banjo player. If you're a big fan of the band, you know who Winston Marshall is. 
He says now he's taking time away from the band to examine his blind spots after praising a right-wing writer for a book about Antifa. So he sent out a tweet to the author of the book, which is called Unmasked, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy, which he said, congratulations, finally had the time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man. That post on Twitter, which has since been deleted, included a cover of the book. Well, he then got attacked seriously on Twitter by the left. And instead of doing what Piers Morgan did, he caved. And now he says, I'm going to take some time away from the band to examine my blind spots. He said, over the past few days, I've come to better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. I have offended not only a lot of people I don't know, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates. And for that, I am truly sorry. As a result of my actions, I'm taking time away from the band to examine my blind spots. So in other words, cancel culture came after Winston Marshall and he tucked his tail and he ran into a corner. Uh, I, I couldn't be more disappointed in, in him. Still love the band. Disappointed in him. I'm a little disappointed in the band for not coming up and saying, you know what? No, you're not leaving the band. We've got your back. But Marcus and the rest of the members have stayed silent about this deal. All right. I told you it is uh, Sweet Abby's 11th birthday today. Our youngest. And uh, tonight we're going to her favorite restaurant. She gets to pick. So we're going to Fuji. That is the Hibachi Steakhouse. Japanese Steakhouse. Loves that place. I do too. So I'm okay with her choice. So last night... We all gathered together to watch the fifth season opener of The Masked Singer. <laughs> and uh, why did we watch it last night? Well, one, you wanted to. Yes. And you, ma- and you made us. But then also, um, my mom, she wanted to see how ridiculous the costumes were. Yes. And uh, what was your favorite costume last night? Uh, probably the raccoon. Okay, get back in and get on online school. Since it's her birthday... Let her stay home today and do online. Man, we're such terrible parents. Yeah, the raccoon was fantastic last night. That was a great costume. Uh, If you don't want to know what happened, you can not listen to the next part of the podcast. But the snail was the first one that was unmasked last night, and it was Kermit the Frog. It's classic. The show is really like a car wreck. It really is. You just can't help but watch. It's that stupid, but it doesn't really matter. Apparently, we weren't the only ones watching it last night. Huge ratings for season five's premiere of The Masked Singer. Got about five and a half million viewers last night. Got a six share in the advertiser-coveted 18 to 49 demographic. Credible debut last night. And then that led into Wayne Brady's new show, another one of these talent shows. Everybody wants to be like America's Got Talent, which is also one of our family's uh, favorite shows. Game of Talents last night got a little over three million viewers, so it did well, too. In its debut. All right, let's do some COVID stuff here. Of course, we told you about the Texas governor. He lifted all the restrictions in the state of Texas. Texas is back wide open. Then we got the news this morning that the Texas Rangers baseball team, they will be the first team that will be completely full in their stadium. Of course, they have that brand new stadium called Globe Life Field, and they're very excited about filling that thing up. So it looks like the Rangers... They plan on having a full house when they open their schedule April 5th against the Blue Jays. Then today, the big news came from Governor Stitt. 
The Oakland governor announcing today he'll roll back the remaining COVID-19 restrictions. That includes limits on public gatherings and a mandate that masks be worn in state buildings. He's going to roll all those back despite the CDC, who says that it's too soon for states to start undoing virus prevention measures. The governor's announcement came nearly one year after he imposed his first COVID restrictions at the start of the pandemic. He said he'll issue a new executive order tomorrow, and that will undo all the restrictions. So this weekend, masks will be gone in state buildings. Now, again, some restaurants, some stores, they're still going to require you. You still have to look for those signs on the door. But as far as the state is concerned, in Oklahoma, they will be joining Texas and other states saying, it's time. I believe I said it's time. All right, let's do 10 after laughter today. I love this guy. His name is Al Madrigal. Check him out. My name is Al. I'll uh, tell you guys about myself. I live in Los Angeles, and near my house in Los Angeles is a waterfall that I love to take the wife and the kids and we get some dogs. We take them up there. But it's also near a sketchy neighborhood. So there's a lot of gang members that hang out at the waterfall. <laughs> It's like somebody took an Ansel Adams photo and then put a Cypress Hill video inside it. <laughs> and at first, I gotta tell you, it's scary because you don't really, you don't expect to see gang members at the waterfall. And we actually witnessed this. This is a conversation that we overheard right when we got up there for the first time. We saw a gang member run up to another gang member with something in his hand. I'm like, oh my God, my family is gonna watch somebody get stabbed Creekside. <laughs> The guy runs up and goes, hey, check it out. He's a tree frog, Holmes. <laughs> happened. Then the other guy says, how you know it's a tree frog, bro? I found it by a tree, stupid. <laughs> and everyone in my family at the same moment went, best waterfall ever. <laughs> this nature-loving cholos. This is fantastic, and it is fantastic. I find myself watching the gang members appreciate nature more than I'm appreciating the nature. <laughs> I like to imagine that they're all up there on an organized retreat to get away from gang life. <laughs> like a field trip that they signed up for to come together as a unit. They're up there doing trust exercises. Like, I'm gonna fall back, you gotta kiss me, bro. I also like to imagine that they're up there to take care of the forest. This Brown Beret Conservation Corps. A Smokey the Cholo, if you will. They graffiti the waterfall, which sucks. And it's not nice graffiti either, because there's good graffiti and then there's bad graffiti. Like it's not some tasteful mural that's been done to remember one of their fallen homeboys that died of Lyme disease. Airbrushed. R.I.P. Carlos, there's no ticks in heaven. Okay. Just says Chucho. And you're giving me a funny look. They didn't graffiti the actual waterfall. It's like the dumbest gang members ever. It's not working. All right, that's uh, Al Madrigal today on 10 After Laughter. All right, let's get to some uh, music history and then I will 
tell you about a monumental day in world history. I'm sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Ooh, I'm just sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. It was this day in 1968 that Otis Redding's great sitting on the dock of the bay went gold in the U.S., This was three months after the singer was killed in a plane crash. Now, he recorded this song just days before he died. It became the first posthumous single to top the charts in U.S. history. In other words, first time that somebody went to number one after they had passed. This day in 1968. What a great song. Great Otis Redding. And it was this day in 1978, Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell first charted. It stayed there for 416 weeks. Think about that. 416 weeks. That's, well, that's a lot of years. Went on to become one of the most influential and iconic albums of all time. Love it. And finally, I told you I would teach you something today. If you were born in the 60s, like me, or even the early 70s, There's a pretty decent chance you owned one of these. At one time, they were all the rage. Now, if it hadn't been for a guy named Charles Hall, you may never have had a chance. But let's go all the way back first to 1832. That's when a Scottish doctor named Neil Arnott filled a rubber-coated, mattress-sized piece of canvas with water. He was hoping to prevent bed sores. Wasn't a big seller, even in hospitals. Nor was it when an English doctor named James Paget copied the design in 1873. Main reason, they leaked and they were cold. But in 1926, scientists at the Goodrich Company, that's right, the tire folks, came up with a synthetic material that could make waterbeds both leak-proof and warm. It was called vinyl. It was sold via mail order. They, though, once again, were a commercial disappointment. But in 1968, on this day, a San Francisco State University student named Charles Hall was trying to create an ultra-soft piece of furniture. After rejecting a gigantic vinyl bag filled with Jello, he tried filling it with water. He'd never heard of Arnott or Paget or B.F. Goodrich. Hall called his creation the Pleasure Pit, and he patented it on this day in 1968. Waterbeds finally caught on, at least with Bay Area hippies. They became a national fad in the early 80s, and yes... I did own one. Let's see a show of hands. Yeah, at one time, they were the joint, let me tell you. Everybody had to have one. I once had a roommate who worked at a waterbed store, so I got a good discount. All right, taught you something today. Teach that to your friends. Tell them, hey, you know what? Did you know that one time waterbeds were filled with jello? There you go. All right, that's going to wrap it up today. Have yourself a great Thursday, March 11th. Happy birthday to Sweet Abby, my youngest. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Jess, tell them where they can find us. Well, that's a wrap. Reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram. Questions and comments, email us, minordetailpodcast at gmail.com. Want to get a hold of us? Need to let us know something? We want to know about it. Hit up our 24-hour hotline, 479-388-1638. That's 479-388-1638. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. A Minor Detail Podcast, copyright 2020, the Radio Voice Productions, LLC. I'm Jess, and I'm out.